Kenny Moore back with the Colts. That's a good thing, but will he return tomorrow? That's another thing that we got to talk about. We'll talk about Kenny Moore. How important is he to this defense? How important is a slot corner to this thing run by Gus Bradley rather than a slot corner run by Matt Eberflus? That's kind of the question that may be driving the contract talks or lack of contract talks regarding Kenny Moore. Pacers had a pre-draft workout today. We talked to Max Christie of Michigan State. Cool guy, Chicagoan. Is he going to be the draft pick at 31 for the Indiana Pacers? There's another guy there from UCLA who may go as, hell, he may not be drafted at all. I don't understand why he's in the draft. But if he can be drafted, he's kind of a tall guy. He's really, really long, and he's athletic. Could he go 31 to the Pacers? We'll talk about that. How about the Indiana Hoosiers? Indiana Hoosiers are on the precipice of perhaps either living up to the expectations of fans, which are really, really high, or failing to live up to them, and that would be deleterious to the Hoosiers in many, many, many ways. This is Inside Indiana Sports Now with Kent Sterling. For Monday, June 6th, 2022, we're brought to you by the great people at Johnson's Plumbing. Give Jared Johnson a call. He knows plumbing. And if you've got a plumbing problem, he's going to come with a plumbing solution that you're absolutely going to love. And it's not going to break the bank. And that's a really good thing. Give him a call. Like I said, 765-610-8809. Smash the subscribe button wherever the hell it is. Hit the like button. Ring the bell. Let's go. Let's talk about sports. Let's do it right now. And if you want to donate, donate. It supports us and and keeps kind of the meters bouncing from a financial standpoint. We appreciate it. All right, the Colts trying to figure out what's going on with Kenny Moore. Kenny Moore was in the building today at the Colts Complex on 56th Street, and he got his physical. Is he going to be there tomorrow, Wednesday? And Thursday, so he avoids eighty-eight plus thousand dollars in fines. If Kenny Moore ran, and I know that look, if you're looking for millions, spending a few thousand isn't really a bad investment. But who is Kenny Moore, and why is he so important to this team? Number one, he was third in the NFL among cornerbacks with eighty-two tackles, behind two guys uh, who had eighty-four and eighty-three tackles. Um, and, and that ain't bad. You know, Micah Fitzpatrick with 84. Then you had Harrison Smith with 83. And then you had Kenny Moore with 82. And then he had 20 assisted tackles to round up his total to 102. That's pretty good. And then he had four picks last year. That tied for third in the NFL. Pretty good. He played 97% of the snaps last year. We talk about slot corners as though they're shuttled in and out on third down. Not Kenny Moore. He played, uh, what, 29 out of 30, basically, snaps this past year. Um, Sat very, very seldom, but that's the way Matt Eberflus' defense is kind of stacked. This is a guy who previously was really, really important to the Colts. Is he going to be that important to Gus Bradley? Is that is what... Thank you, the Don. Hey, you know what? I'll get down to Nick's, and you can buy me a beer, and then I'll buy you a beer, and then you'll buy me a beer, and then I'll buy you a beer, and in about six hours, we're going to be out of money, and we're stumbling somewhere. That's just the way it goes down at Nick's, if memory serves. Um, I'm just kidding. Uh, Kenny Moore is 
a guy who, and, and slot corner is a position of importance for Gus Bradley. But you do two things when you change defensive coordinators and you're a guy like Kenny Moore. When you change coordinators, you change the importance in priority of different positions. Kenny Moore, crazy, imperative to have a really good slot corner in that defense. And then what you do also with a guy like Kenny Moore is Kenny Moore's got to adjust his mindset and decide, hey, I was playing in a deal where I was getting a lot of run and really looking good. And among cornerbacks in the NFL, you could argue that Kenny Moore was among the five most important in the NFL and went to his first Pro Bowl. So you get while the getting's good, right, if you're a business person. Now, if you're Chris Ballard, the way you've got to look at it is I negotiated a four-year deal with a player that had incentives. He's reached those incentives, so he's going to make the 6.75 this year. And then next year, the final year of the deal, he's going to make over $8 million. That's the way the contract was structured. We negotiated in good faith. He negotiated through his agent in good faith. Now why are we cracking this thing open with two years to go anyway? And if you crack it open with two years to go, you know who you got coming up? You got Jonathan Taylor and you got uh, Michael Pittman Jr. They're going to become free agents simultaneous to Kenny Moore. So if you reopen negotiations with Kenny Moore, well, what are you going to do with Jonathan Taylor, who is the best running back in the NFL bar none? Forget this, hey, I'm the best slot corner, or hey, I'm one of the best five cornerbacks in the NFL. This is, I'm the best running back in the NFL. I know I'm on my rookie deal, but I need paid. How can you argue with Jonathan Taylor when you've just capitulated to Kenny Moore? What do you do with Michael Pittman Jr.? If he isn't there, what do you got at, at the wide receiver position? You got Alec Pierce, and nobody knows what the hell he's going to be able to do because he hadn't played. Hell, he wasn't in a Power 5 conference, for goodness sake, last year. Down at Cincinnati in the American, he was really good. You know, that's not, that's not a bad thing. He was good enough to be drafted 53rd overall, but we don't know what kind of performance he's going to exhibit on the field. And Paris Campbell has played a total of 15 games in his NFL career, which has been over the course of the last three years. He's averaged five games a year. That's Paris Campbell. So without Michael Pittman Jr., you got a guy you don't know what the hell you got, and you got a guy who you don't know if he's going to be on the field, and then you got Ashton Doolin, Mike Strawn, and uh, uh, Desmond Patton. What do you do with that? Kiki Kute, right? Dermichael Harris. What? How do you cobble together an offense without Michael Pittman. And if you crack open the contract for Kenny Moore, if I'm Michael Pittman Jr. and I got an agent who's worth a damn, I got Jerry Maguire. Hello, Chris Ballard. Hello, hello, right? I want to get paid too. And then you got a real problem because you're off schedule. There's a reason why Chris Ballard does things in the way he does them. There is an order to the madness. There is a, a, a foundational rhythm to the way he manages the cap and salaries that he is not going to completely abandon because Kenny Moore wants to get paid. He just isn't going to do it. And so Kenny Moore can either get paid his 
you know, 6.75 million and then eight plus million the next two years, or Kenny's gonna have to make a decision, right? Is he gonna stick to his guns? We may find out tomorrow, because if he sits tomorrow, he's def definitely sitting out Wednesday and Thursday, and if he sits out those days, why is he gonna report for camp? And if you, uh, while uh, the Colts can say, you know what, we're not gonna fine you. We'll absolve you of the fines for the mini camp. But training camp, you miss a day of training camp, you get dinged 50 grand a day, and that's required by the CBA. So Kenny Moore is entering sort of a, a no man's land that I don't think I would be, I, I would encourage him to be a part of. Play this year, then negotiate an extension with the year left on the deal. Play this year, be excellent at it, just like uh, uh, Bob and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Be excellent. And then let the chips fall. All right. I think that's reasonable. The mini camp tomorrow, rookies to me are going to be the focus as I'm watching practice. I'm watching Alec Pierce. I'm watching Jelani Woods. I'm watching Ogletree. I'm going to figure out who those guys are, what they do really well. And I'm going to watch for the insanely accurate Matt Ryan. Um, Frank Reich's words, not mine. I'm going to watch for that. Should be really interesting tomorrow. Uh, I want to see if Dio Odangbo looks more athletic now than he did at the end of the season, now that he's put on some strength and develop, redeveloped some athletic uh, abilities that maybe the Achilles deal sort of robbed him of. I would assume he's 100% right now everywhere, so let's go. You need a plumber? Who do you call? You call Jared Johnson. For God's sake, 765-610-8809. Call today. Uh, Pacers, they had a pre-draft workout, and I enjoy these because you get a chance to talk to the guys offline a little bit. And uh, I spent a little bit of time talking to Max Christie, recorded it. I don't know whether it's it's really worth sharing. Um, but a, a great guy. He, he was terrific talking to him. But I don't know if people are really interested in what Max Christie has to say or whether Peyton Watson... Uh, has to say this, that, or the other. Scott Agnes of Fieldhouse Files talked to Peyton. I'm interested in this draft because of who the Pacers are going to take at number six. You want a star-quality player at number six, right? Who would they take 31st? I mean, it's, all right, you know, it's like Edmund Sumner, who was taken in the 50s, turned out to be a halfway decent player. That's a success in the 50s. In the, the early 30s, a, a guy who can give you minutes, that's a good thing. And and Peyton Watson is a guy who could give you minutes. He is an odd athlete, 6'8", better than a 7-foot wingspan, and those are honest. And uh, had some blocked shots in the workout, the parts of the workout that we were able to watch. Interesting kid. And, but he only uh, averaged 3.2 points a game in 12.7 minutes for UCLA. Um it, Why'd you go there at all if if that's what you were going to do? You know what I mean? Like, go there a second year. Show that you can score 14 points a game. Hold your own on the defensive end. Put on some strength without losing any of your flexibility or your athletic ability. And, and show the NBA that you're not just worthy of maybe a second-round pick, but a lottery-level pick. I, I don't understand why not do that. Uh, next season for Mike Woodson and the Hoosiers is going to be absolutely huge. 
With the losses suffered by Illinois, Iowa, Wisconsin, Michigan, Michigan State, including Max Christie at Michigan State, Indiana's got a real chance. Who'd they lose in the transfer portal? Not much. Parker Stewart, Mike Durr, right? Christian Lander, who didn't contribute at all last year. And and then uh, Rob Finnessy. That's it. Who'd they keep? They kept four of their starters, and they had two five-star freshmen. They didn't have to dip into the transfer portal to bring guys into Bloomington. They are ready to roll under Mike Woodson. I think Mike Woodson is exactly the right coach for this kind of situation and this kind of roster that is ready to win. I don't think he's the kind of coach who's going to elevate your roster from poor to a mediocre you know, record or a mediocre roster to a good record. But I think he's a guy, if you have legit national championship level talent, I think he could win a national championship. If you have legit Big Ten championship talent, I think he can win that Big Ten championship. I think that's the kind of coach he is. That's why this year is important. The momentum can keep rolling forward as it did last year as expectations were reached. Yes, a losing record in conference, but an NCAA tournament berth, a win in Dayton, and placement in the regional, the proper NCAA bracket, then a loss. But you know what? That's the way it goes. That win over Michigan was absolutely huge in the Big Ten tournament, and that's the way teams are built. You either show up and ball out when you have to, or you don't. And if you don't, coaches get fired. And I think that the the Hoosiers are ready to roll. And again, if they are, it gives you a chance to elevate to the next level. If they don't, you fall to the previous level. That's the way recruiting works. I think NIL is definitely going to be a, a force for good for Indiana. They are going to work like hell to get guys all the money they can. Trace Jackson Davis is going to get paid. Don't weep that Trace Jackson Davis is not going early to the NBA draft because Trace Jackson Davis is going to be paid NBA-level wages for uh, the Hoosiers this coming year. You know, I I get the reason why the NBA Finals, just like a random thought, are played every third day, other than between games three and four, which is, you know, like a Wednesday-Friday layoff. You, You just got the Thursday off. Every other game, you've got two days off between. I don't understand because just like with Major League Baseball, as you try to extend the World Series, and I understand the mindset behind it, the philosophy is let's maximize revenue, maximize ratings, and maximize exposure. Absolutely. Ding, ding, ding. I get it. However, what allows you to succeed in the regular season when you're playing 10 games over 18 days rather than 7 is not what's going to get you over the hump in a seven-game series over 18 days. It's just not. It's different. Just like with the World Series, you use your bullpen differently. Uh, Let's see. Kai Long says, I see online people are comparing uh, Matt Ryan to Andrew Luck. Your thoughts? Can Matt and this team take us to the Super Bowl? Mo Ali Cox actually compared Matt Ryan to Andrew Luck. That's why people are doing it online. When Mo Ali Cox was asked at last week's media availability, what do you think, you know, describe Matt Ryan's leadership and level of, you know, demands. He said he was on the phone with Jack Doyle, and he told him he reminds him a lot of Andrew, that he is demanding like Andrew was, and that Matt Ryan will even stop receivers in the hallway to quiz them 
on the playbook and on adjustments that they need to make in their routes given a certain defensive scheme. So that was a comparison brought up by Mo Ali Cox. Uh, and the media has grabbed onto it, and correctly so. I did the same thing myself. Anyway, I, I think the NBA Finals ought to be played at the same pace and the same rhythm as the regular season because the way to get there should be the way to succeed once you're there. That makes sense. Tomorrow morning, breakfast with Kev. I can't wait to talk to you then. It's going to storm like all hell in central Indiana, but we got this in under under the wire. Storm clouds to the west of building. There you go. Uh, God smiled on fish and the fish fans at Ruoff this past weekend. Gorgeous weather. Had a little bit of rain a few days before, and now we're going to get rain the day after. That is rhythm.